Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Raw. How many of you enjoyed last week? I, you know, just uh, our, our tech team, they asked me, they said, uh, how long you plan on going with this particular series? And I said, I don't really know. I just know it's going to be our summer message. And I just, I really believe that God desires to do something in the midst of our church. And what we're really talking about as we talk about being raw, we're just simply talking about being exposed, being uh, transparent, just getting real with God to where we allow ourselves to be vulnerable. And I'm telling you, I believe that God is doing some things in the midst of our church. Amen. Amen. In fact, you know, as, 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 as I'm just searching my heart and just kind of hearing what people are saying and just kind of things that people are seeing God do in, in the fact that they're just being stirred in their heart. It's one of those things that as we began to look in the word of God, that whenever times got dark, it seemed as though that God showed up in big ways. Anytime we look in the word of God, when it seems like wickedness had reached an all-time high, when it seemed like the land had grown dark, when it seems as though everybody turned their, their back on God, it seemed like it was in those moments and in those times that God showed up in big ways. And I believe that that's the day and the time in which we're living in. I believe that because of what we see, what we're uh, experiencing, what we see within the world, in fact... Uh, you see the news of just what's going on within our own country with shootings and, and over in Turkey. Well, the Bible says in the last days that there will be wars and rumors of wars, famine and pestilence. There are signs of the time that tells us that God is coming soon. Amen. And so I'm just believing that these are the days that we're going to see God do awesome things where nobody can say there isn't a God. Amen. I was talking with a friend of mine. Uh, just this past week, I think it was, was it yesterday or maybe it was Friday? And, and uh, he, he was one of my instructors at Rama. And when I was there, uh, God just stirred us students just to trust God in big ways. And so I asked him, I said, what are you seeing? What's God doing in your ministry? What are you seeing as you travel? He said, you know what? We're just seeing so many miracles. And he says, here's the thing. When we go in and, and minister, he says, we don't talk about a God that, you know, wants to do it. We talk about a God that is going to do it. That he's just that kind of God. And so he says, as we talk about him that way, he just shows up. And he says, man, we're seeing all kinds of crazy things that God is just doing. And I said, crazy. Because you realize that sometimes God has to do some crazy to get over your own crazy. You know what I mean? Some of you got a lot of crazy going on. And so he has to get crazy just to show you. See, I can be more crazy than you. And so this is what he told me. He says, he says, you know what you ought to do this Sunday? He said, you ought to just hold your church hostage and just say, God's going to show up and God's going to heal somebody. And if he don't do it, then nobody's leaving. I'm taking you all. Come on. I'm talking about that's the God that we serve, that we can just trust him. Amen. Come on. These are the days in which we're living in. I can't tell you how many people have already just said within the last couple of weeks that God is just, God's just wrecking me. God's moving. I love seeing that. You know, and as a pastor, you're like, yeah, I've seen that come and go before. 
I've seen people get on fire before, get excited before, and it comes and goes. But you know, that's the journey of the Christian walk. Just like that song that Jacqueline was singing, we go from faith to faith, from glory to glory. How many of you know that your faith walk doesn't always just keep climbing? Life happens and you start to wane a little bit, but then God rattles your cage a little bit. Like, oh yeah, praise God. Yeah, come on, you know what I'm talking about? So don't ever let yourself get into condemnation or get concerned thinking, well, man, I used to be here and man, look at what I'm doing now. No, just continue to allow God to stir you on the inside. Amen. I'm telling you, God is so real. God is so good. And, and I was just talking with uh, one of the uh, one of our team uh, members this morning. They said that uh, just I think it was yesterday or just a couple of days ago. He said he was working with a, a friend of his, and he said there was this young man that came to be kind of like a hired hand to help him on his his estate or his his farm or whatever it was. And the guy was over in Kalamazoo, and he was only a 14 year old kid. And so he says, "Well, I got to take this kid back home." He says, "You want to go with me?" And one of our team members that's here at the church says, yeah, I'll go with you. So they start driving down the road. And like I said, they're over in Kalamazoo. So they got a long ways to drive to get over there. And so he said, as we're driving, he says, I, we just were talking with this young kid. And the kid, we asked the kid, what do you want to do with your life? And the kid says, I want to be God. Now, whether he was just being smart or whether he's just being sassy or whether he was really just full of himself to where he thought, you know what? I want to be God. And so they asked him, well, what do you want to be God for? And he says, well, this is why I want to be God, because I could do this and do that and do the other. And so just in the midst of that conversation, one of our team members says, well, you know what? I serve the God that you're talking about. And he said, the Bible says that when we serve him, that we can be like him. And therefore, we can expect him to use us and, and operate through us. So therefore, we can expect God to do the things that you're talking about, but using us to do it. So really, everything that you're talking about, just being a follower of Christ, we get those kind of results. He's like, really? And so one of our team members, he says, would you like to ask Jesus into your heart? He says, sure. Let him... To the Lord right there on the road. And then the kid says, I feel weird. <laughs> he says, well, what do you feel? And he says, my whole body's vibrating. It's tingling. What's, what is that? He says, that's just God. He's real. And you ask God into your heart. He's like, whoa. He says, do you have a Bible? And he says, no. He said, pull over. We got to, he pulled up on his phone, the closest Christian bookstore, and he goes and got him a Bible and gave it to the young guy. Just so excited. They end up driving out of their way and it just was a long day. But even at the end of the road trip, the kid still says, I'm still vibrating. (laughs) Come on. I'm telling you, we serve a real God and he wants to be real in our lives. Man, I I feel so sorry for people that just go to church out of religion, that just do it out of duty, that just punch a time clock because it's dead. It's dead. Religion is dead. But serving God is full of life. Amen. Serving God is fun. Serving God is exciting. Come on. One of these days we're going to see him face to face. But he can be just as real now on this life or in this life when we stand before him or as when we do. Amen. Well, you got that all for free, and so we'll get into our message. We might as well pray, right, and just invite God. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for just being here today. God, you're so awesome. God, we're just humbled. Oh, we're just humbled in your presence today, Lord, that you would choose to love us, 
choose to use us. And that God, in spite of all of our crazy, you said that you love us and that you want to be our God. Thank you for not giving up on us. Thank you for not turning your back on us. Thank you for sending Jesus. And we give you thanks for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, you know, I told you last week that uh, uh, we had went to Oklahoma to spend some time with family. That was our vacation. And uh, a lot of my wife's family, most of her family lives out there in Oklahoma. And so we had the opportunity to, to spend time with a lot of family. And then her father lives in southern Oklahoma and he's got a farm. And if you remember, I was telling you about his farm and he has about uh, uh, 800 acres and he's got about 200 head of cattle. And so it was just fun being on the farm and our kids just really loved it going out milking cows and just uh riding the tractors again it was just a great time to get away it was really relaxing but in the midst of being there you know my father-in-law and i were doing some work on the farm and i told him i said hey dad i said you know i'll cut some grass for you just hook up the brush hog to the big tractor and 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 i'll get some of that stuff knocked down for you and so as we're talking and we're just looking at the landscape of all his property much of his property is is full of grass and and hay and so because of all the cattle one he harvests the the hay or uh, the field so that they can feed them through the winter but they also uh, really put a lot of effort into getting the the grass and the hay really healthy so that the cows and the cattle can graze throughout the summer months and me being a a farm boy at heart we had some horses when i when i grew up and so uh, hay or getting hay was something that was always necessary to store up in the barn and so just as a kid i knew that just as you harvest hay there's what's called the first cutting second cutting and third cutting And the third cutting is always, or the second and the third cutting is always best. And actually the third one is the best of the best. And as we're talking, I was asking him about this, the harvesting process of his hay. And he said to me, he said, you know, well, it's kind of tricky around here because of just the weather. And he said, with it being hot like it is, he said, what happens is he says the grass grows and the hay grows. But because it's so dry, he said, even though it grows, the grass and the hay becomes tough. And I never realized that. And so when you think about it from the standpoint of just harvesting or uh, the, the hay that feeds the cattle, if you will, the, the cattle, uh, they desire for the hay to be tender, right? And again, as I said, when you think about that second and third cutting, I always wondered why is it that the second and the third cutting is more tender or more uh, desirable, And the reason being is because even though you've had the first cutting, which you think would be the best cutting because it came right after the rainy season, the second and the third cutting became deep-rooted. It went deeper or the root systems went deeper. So therefore, they can draw more minerals and they can draw more moisture from the ground deeper within the ground and therefore it becomes more supple. And I thought, wow. Isn't that interesting that in order for the grass to be more tender, you got to go deeper. In order for the hay to be more supple, you got to let the roots go further. Well, for our hearts to be tender, to get raw, to be vulnerable with God, we've got to let the roots of who we are go deeper. Allow God to touch some of the deeper parts of our life. Amen. You know, and as I was talking to my father-in-law, he said, you know, 
over the last two years, he said, we have literally put tons of chicken manure on our fields to get them in a place to be healthy. And I says, well, do you sell it? I thought, you know, my, you spend all that money. I mean, literally tens of thousands of dollars. I thought, you know, at least you'd get a profit. And he says, I can't sell my hay. And I said, well, why is that? He says, because I've got too much invested, the cost for me to sell it, to get what I put into it, is too great for somebody to buy. And then once again, I thought, isn't that so much so with us as believers? The cost, or there is a cost, if you will, to allow our hearts to be tender before God. And sometimes we just don't want to be vulnerable enough to allow ourselves to count the cost or put in the cost or measure the cost of what it takes to be tender before God. Does that make sense? And so God's really desiring for us to come to God and be vulnerable. If you remember, we said this concerning being vulnerable. Concerning allowing ourselves to be open and raw with God, we said that many people hold back. And this goes with relationships, but it also goes with our relationship with God. Number one, the reason why we hold back is because we're afraid of being hurt more than having deep relationships. Number two, we're afraid of surrendering our power. Number three, we're afraid of the past pain. Meaning that there's been some pain in the past and I don't want to relive that. And number four, afraid that we won't like what we see. Every single one of those block blockades, if you will, or hindrances to keep us from being vulnerable, the root of it's fear. God wants us to get to a place where we'll throw off all the fear, all the concerns, all the worries and say, God, I just want to get real. I want to get vulnerable with you. I just want to know you. You know, I I shared with you the friend that I was talking with from Oklahoma. He's a minister. and He said one of the things that he's noticed in life is that people are just so distracted. And I said, well, try pastoring a time or two. (laughs) said, you'll find that people are really distracted. And he said, and here's the thing that he's finding is that people really don't know God. There was a day and a time where people were hungry to know God, desiring a relationship with God, and where we had had an intent or a purpose to put God as a priority in our lives. But that's not the case today in in many situations. And so therefore, as the Scripture says, having a form of godliness but denying the power, many people are going through the religious motions but don't really know the God of the religion that they serve. They don't have the relationship, a genuine, real interaction with God. And that's my heart for us, is that we would come to a place where we would really become vulnerable before God and say, God, I want to know you. I want to experience you. I want it to be real. As I said, this is applicable for everybody today. But it's interesting how our society has really kind of steered the conversation, steered our relationship. Our society as a whole, it's told us how to posture ourselves. I mean, think about it. From the, from the very young age as children, they start teaching you how to act, right? How to carry yourself. What kind of groups to hang out with. And if you're in this group, this is the kind of social group that you're in. 
And this is the kind of person or stereotype that you are. Right? Back in my day, you know, there was the jocks, there was the nerds, and there was the burnouts. <laughs> There's only three. And then as we got, you know, further down the road, then, then came along the skateboarders. Well, you were a skateboarder, right? Didn't you say you were a skateboarder guy? There's those skateboarders and the other, you know, you just didn't like those guys because they kept tooling around all town. And then you, then the, the <laughs> then what was it, uh, the, the, oh, what was it, uh, the gothic people, yeah, what, what are they called? Emo. Emo, yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, there's all kinds of different groups of people uh, uh, that you get labeled, right? And when you begin to think about just your upbringing, you know, what classes you took, what sports you got involved with, the habits that you got in, in, in wrapped with, even down to the very music that you listen to, culture begins to shift and direct us that way. You know, I remember growing up, karate was my thing. And my dad had set a standard in our house. And whether it was just dad saying, you know, this for the sake of saving face. And he really said, you know what, I don't want to be committed to all the running around. But he always said, you know what, you figure out what you want to do. And when you figure out what you want to do, you be the best at it. Don't do this and don't do that. Don't be just the, you know, the the shotgun kind of shooter. He says, focus in on something that you want to be good at. And so I picked karate. And so I went to karate. I did it twice a week. There was a commitment involved. But it's not like today. You know what I mean? Parents that are invested with their kids in sports, I mean, they're going 24-7, it seems like. And believe me, I, I, I had a lot of experiences. I, I, you know, we traveled. I was in tournaments. I did a lot of fighting. I mean, I, I went to Canada to fight. I went down south to fight. I trained with the best of the best during that time. Some of these names you may not know, but back then there was the, the uh, uh, kickboxing champion, Bill Superfoot Wallace. Anybody know who he was? Real big in the day. Again, if you, if you don't know him, you just, you know, you weren't a karate person. But I, but I trained with him. Uh, Joe Lewis, again, heavyweight champion of the world kickboxer. I trained with him. Don Madden, he was the Olympic, United States Olympic coach. I trained with him. Pat Johnson. Pat Johnson was the one that, that choreographed the whole movie of the Karate Kid. In fact, at the very end of the movie, you see uh, Pat Johnson. He's the one that is the center ref. He did movies with, with uh, Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee, Chuck Norris. I, I'm saying all that just to say I had life experiences and trained with the best. And when I look back, I'm thinking that was so cool. I mean, I got to go here and there. And my mom and dad just made the investment to do so. But as an adult, I look back on my adolescent years and if i was to really say what is it that i'm grateful for what is the memories what am i thankful for through my upbringing it wouldn't be all the money that they invested to put me into karate and to take me here and to take me there but it was that they raised me in a christian home instilled values in me set standards in my life that said okay this is how we live our life this is what we do and again as an adult i'm so thankful that that has been birthed on the inside of me that i can stand here today and say i passionately love god and he's real to me it's not just the religion it's not just going to church and saying it's what we do no this is our life it's who we are having a relationship with god that's what I'm thankful for, for, for the heritage that I've had. Come on, are you listening to what I'm saying? You know, when I think about my upbringing as, as, as a young man, 
my grandfather was a, a big influence in my life just because I love the example that he had or that he showed in a man that loved God. Now, when you think about the stories that my dad told me, he told me some stories. This is like before Jesus days. And my grandfather wasn't necessarily the greatest guy. He was pretty rough on the kids. I mean, he would tell me some stories. I'm thinking, man, I'm glad my dad never did that to me. But isn't it interesting that there are stories of the person before Christ, but then there can become the new person after Christ. And that's the person that I knew. And I just love sitting around with my grandfather, and he would just talk about his relationship with God. And there came a time where he didn't have legs. He lost them to diabetes. And he'd, have a, he'd just sit in a wheelchair and he lost his eyesight. But he would just tell me about his conversations with God. Where he'd go sit by the back patio door looking out the back window. And just start worshiping God. You know, in a society in a day where us men got to be so macho and carry around our ego and our vibrato. My grandfather, he, it wasn't anything for him to, to touch you with sincerity. You know, with us guys today, you know, our touch is I'll slug you in the shoulder, you know, maybe high five you, maybe shake your hand or whatever the case might be. But I can remember there was times that he would grab hold of my hand and just grab hold of my hand so intently. And we'd start talking about God. And he'd just start weeping. Tears running down his face. And I'm talking about that physical touch of a man to another man. And it was just saying, God is so good. And as a grandfather, he's saying, I hope you know the God that I know. I hope you can come to know him real like I know him. That was his heart. He's vulnerable before God. Vulnerable before his grandson. Not ashamed to see or be seen crying or Sincere and vulnerable before God. But once again, our culture has told us that there is a different look, there's a different feel, there's a different approach. Amen? Our society tells us that to be a man, I guess this goes with even women, you've got to be rugged, you've got to be tough, and absolutely under no circumstances are you to ever be vulnerable. Right? I want to share this verse with you in Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 15. I'm going to read it from the Message Bible. But it says, we look at this son, and this son is speaking of Jesus. We look at this son, or we look at Jesus, and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at this son, or we look at Jesus, and see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got, its, got started in Jesus and finds its purpose in Jesus. He was there before any of us came into existence and holds it all together right up to this very moment. And when it comes to the church, he organizes and holds it together like a head does a body. Amen. The Bible says Jesus. This Jesus. This, if you see Jesus, you see God. If you know Jesus, you know God. Everything 
of who Jesus is, he causes everything to exist. Do me a favor. Just do this with me. Take a deep breath. Don't we take that for granted? I mean, you just do it so frequently and so free that you don't even question it. But Jesus gave that breath to you. Amen. And everything about him is our purpose. If you find Jesus, you find your purpose. If you're living your life without Jesus, you're living without purpose. Hear me. You might say, I've went to church. You might say, I, I, I've done the church thing. I've asked Jesus into my heart. Listen, I don't care if you've asked Jesus into your heart. You can still have asked Jesus into your heart, but still live life without Jesus. And if you're living without Jesus, you're living without purpose. And God says, in Him, in Jesus, is purpose for everything. God wants us to experience this life. Now, to be raw, to be real, to be vulnerable before God. Let me just give you a couple things of what that looks like. The individual that is raw and real and vulnerable with God is, has a relentless passion to serve God and others. This passion drives the life of his purpose. When you're vulnerable before God, you see the impossible, but you also recognize that God is the God of impossibilities. When you're a person that's raw with God, that's real and vulnerable, regardless of where you are, everything about who you are, where you are, is the same person from one experience to the next. When you're a person that's vulnerable with God, you understand that fear and failure must be overcome with faith and with determination. And it's only with God and through God that we begin to truly find the purpose of our life. But that's getting vulnerable and that's getting real. Come on, we have lived such a life of being our own men and our own women. In fact, I just met with a, a fellow this past week. And we were just talking about just what God's doing. And we were talking about just being leaders. And how sometimes or somehow we have equated as leadership as being hard and demanding and task oriented. Versus being loving and forgiving and leading and guiding and directing. And as we're talking, it's like, well, yeah, but we've been told that that's weak. No, that's strength. Well, if I'm hard, if I'm strong in front of my coworkers, that's true leadership. That's true manliness. No, that's just being a dictator. But when I can love on a coworker or somebody that's underneath of my leadership and purpose to be an example before them, to help direct them, love them, Forgive them in the midst of their mistakes. That's being vulnerable before God. And that's allowing God to be seen through us, right? Because that's what our purpose is. To be the God in front of somebody else. Amen? You know, when you think about being vulnerable before God, you have to be an individual that's surrendered before God. And that's my heart and that's my desire that as we continue with this series, we become more surrendered to Him. What does it mean to be surrendered? If I can, I'm going to grab this chair and use this as an example. You say, what does it truly mean to be surrendered to God? 
if I sit down into this chair, I surrender myself to this chair. And how many of us thought or questioned about the stability of the chair that you sat in this morning? You just sat down. It don't matter what kind of chair. It doesn't matter whether it's in the restaurant. It doesn't matter whether it's at church. It doesn't matter whether it's at the workplace, in the office. All of us come to that place where we just surrender to the chair. Never questioning whether or not the legs were sturdy, whether or not it was going to stand and withhold our weight. We just sit down and surrender. And that's what it's like with God, where we live this life and say, God, I'm going to purpose to be vulnerable and I'm just going to sit down in you. I'm just going to rely on you. I'm just going to, you've got it, God. You're carrying the weight, you're carrying the care, you're carrying the life that I'm purposing to surrender to you. But in that, what God's looking for is for us to have a childlike faith in surrendering. If you remember, I shared with you that my children have really only seen their grandpa or their papa maybe a half a dozen times throughout their lifetime. But when they got down to the farm, they knew that that's papa. And they surrendered their heart to papa. And they loved being around papa. And they so much surrendered to papa that they weren't even afraid to ask papa to go take them shopping at the store. Just because they surrendered. They became vulnerable to Papa. Right? And that's what God's looking for or from us as his kids. To be like children. Now Paul said this. He says, when I was a child, I gave up childish things and I became an adult. There is a difference between being childish and being childlike. Does that make sense? Because childish says, oh, I'll sit down. And just pout. Childish will throw a tantrum and stomp around. Childish says, well, yeah, you, you say sit down. Well, I'll stand up then. You tell me that's what I got to do. Well, I'll do this instead. Right? That's childish. Another side of being childish is when we purpose to surrender to God. But all of a sudden, life starts getting a little bit challenging. Things start to be a little bit stressful. Things start to stack up against us. And where we were once sitting, now we're tempted to start standing up. Oh, wait wait a minute, God, what's going on? Oh, God, what's, what do you want me to do, God? God, let me... And you're tempted to take it and start trying to make it happen or fix it yourself. When all the while, God says, all I want you to do is sit down. Just surrender to me. But because we're immature and because we don't really have a genuine relationship with him, again, we revert back to being childish. Come on, my little, my little four-year-old boy, I can tell him, I want you to sit down and be quiet. But because of his childness, childishness in being immature, it doesn't take long for him to do what? Get up out of the chair. No, bud, I told you, sit down. I want you to sit down and be still. Well, he might be sitting down, but he's not still. <laughs> Why? Because he's childish. And it doesn't matter what the distraction is. I might have told him to sit down, but something over here looks really cool. He's like, <laughs> I want to go. <laughs> right? Because he's childish. But God said, Jesus says, I want you to come with childlike faith. Where you can just surrender to God. Say, God, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand. But God, I'm going to trust you. Amen. It takes you 
being vulnerable with God to be able to do that. And every single one of us have to be intentional saying, God, I'm going to surrender. I mentioned the friend that I had that I was just talking to, the, the minister friend. And I asked him the question. I said, what are you seeing God do in your ministry? And he started to tell me just the different things that he's seeing God do. But he said, what got him to that place was saying, God, I'll repent. God, forgive me. God, open up the eyes of my understanding. And he said, the more that he purposes to humble his heart before God, the more that God becomes real. The more that he surrenders his heart and says, God, I can't do it on my own. The more God shows up. God wants us to be vulnerable. He wants us to be raw. He wants us to be tender-hearted toward him because he's got such a good life. Amen. Come on, the best is yet to come. This is a good year. We're seeing awesome things happen. Let's continue to believe God and see him move. Amen. Why don't we stand? Next week, my wife is going to be ministering with me. It's news to hers because I, I, I've not told her yet. So she, she's just finding out. <laughs> but next week, I want to encourage you to come back. In fact, I want to encourage you, don't miss. If you don't have a good reason to be gone out of church, you might say, well, I, I, put, my, I put my week in. I got, got it in last week, so therefore I'm good for the month. No, listen, if you don't have a good excuse... I mean, like, if you're not dying, <laughs> come on, <laughs> come on to church. And I promise you, you're going to begin to see God tenderize your heart. You're going to see God begin to stir you. And you're going to begin to continue to see God just pull you in closer and that he's going to become more real. And next week, this is why I want to encourage you to come back, because next week when she and I minister. We're going to talk about the man side and the woman side. And men, there is so much that God has placed on our shoulders to steer and to direct our home. Remember how I told you that we've got to be vulnerable? I don't like to be vulnerable, do you? My wife will say this about me, and I'm just kind of being open and transparent just with kind of my personality. But my wife has always said this. She says, you know what? Everything about you is to make sure that everything looks good on the outside. If you come over to my house, I don't want you to see my house messy. I want everything in its place. Why? Because I want you to see the good side. What is that saying about me? It's difficult to be vulnerable in some areas. To let my hair down. To let you think, oh yeah, we live in our house just like you do. Yeah, there's some mess over here and there's some stuff going on. That's just me. But what are we purposing to do? Grow. 
let God be the Lord of our life. Just be transparent and real and allow our hearts to be raw before God and one another. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person that's here in this place. God, I pray that you would soften our hearts to the point that they would be pliable. That we would surrender to you so that our purpose becomes your purpose and your purpose becomes ours. God, you so desire to be real. You so desire for our lives to be so much more than what they are because that's everything about what you came to do to give us life and life more abundantly. God, we just expect great things in these weeks ahead as we continue to be wrong. In Jesus' name, amen. and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.